I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Parenting isn't for wimps. We get this sense right from the very start when we bring our first child home and realize it's not exactly as we'd imagined. Even if we've been given really good advice and guidance, there are so many things that we have to learn along the way. We quickly realize that we need to be resilient and adapt. Some of us go on to have more kids. They get older and the challenges get bigger and the stakes get higher. It's not always easy because there's no fail-safe formula. It can be frustrating, fun, heartbreaking, and full of joy. We can weather these ups and downs when we remind ourselves that no matter where we are, where we find ourselves, parenting is a God-given privilege. Part of parenting includes difficult conversations. As Christian parents, there is a way to have these conversations from a biblical perspective without our kids feeling judged or rejected. It is indeed possible to maintain a relationship with our kids that will allow us to speak into their lives with faith and love. This week's guests, Jimmy and Kristen Scroggins, created a tool called The Three Circles in a quest to help people build their families according to God's design. It's a conversation map that helps parents from all walks of life and diverse situations have effective gospel conversations with their kids. In our conversation, we talk about the difference between formula-based parenting and wisdom-based parenting, the crucial conversations we should be having with our kids, and how we can create an environment in our homes that allows our kids to be open to these kind of crucial, gospel-centered conversations. Before we jump into the interview, though, I want to tell you about the 2021 Wives of Integrity online conference. It takes place May 10th through the 14th. It's hosted by Carly Kirchival from Marriage Legacy Builders, who, by the way, will be on the podcast next week. I will be speaking at this online conference along with some other incredible women. Topics include, of course, marriage, communication, money, intimacy, and family. Head over to the show notes to get more details and register with early bird pricing by May 9th. Today, I'm talking with Jimmy and Kristen Scroggins. Jimmy and Kristen have been married for 25 years and have eight children. James, Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaac, Stephen, Anna Kate, Mary Claire, and Caleb. They have served at Family Church since Jimmy became the lead pastor in July of 2008. Under Jimmy's leadership, Family Church has grown to a network of neighborhood churches in South Florida. The Scroggins family is passionate about Family Church's mission to build families by helping them discover and pursue God's design. Welcome, Jimmy and Kristen, to the podcast. It's fantastic to have you here today. We're so glad to be with you. Thanks for having us. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? Oh, wow. We, we saw that question ahead of time. And I, I have to tell you, I think that, well, we're known for being a big family, right? We have eight children and now two of them are married and we have two grandchildren. But I think if people wanted to say something positive about our family, they would say that we are really loyal to each other, maybe to a fault. So uh, the brothers have gotten in some altercations periodically defending each other and their sisters. But one of our youngest child, who's 11, is a, went through the young leader process at our church. Mm-hmm. And his children's pastor asked 
him what he was most proud of about his family. And he said that we are super loyal to each other. We have each other's backs. So I thought from baby boy, that was pretty good. Good to say. That is great. Do you, you want to add to that or she, she, she wrapped that up. <laughs> I would just say, I would just say that's, that's part of uh, the dynamic that we've tried to create is, you know, we, we have an athletic background. And so we think in terms of a team, so we call mm-hmm. ourselves team Scroggins. And I, I like it that our kids have picked up on that and feel that. So they cheer for each other. They feel it when, when uh, there's failure or when there's disappointment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yet, you know, when the, when the chips are down, we're going to circle the wagons and we're going to figure our way forward. And I, I do appreciate that. Even as our children are grown, you know, that our, our adult boys FaceTime each other almost uh, every day and look, say hi to each other's kids. And they talk all the time. And our, I'll, I'll see our elementary kids even sneaking around the corner. And what are you doing? Well, they're, they're on the phone with their kids with their brothers that are in college. And so yeah. I just think that's a lot of, that's kind of a fun team dynamic. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so you're here today to talk to us at your, about your book, Full Circle Parenting, A Guide for Crucial Conversations. So you start off your book by saying that parenting isn't for wimps, which I know m- many of us probably don't want to hear. <laughs> but tell us more about that. Well, like you, Kimberly, we're, we're, we're parents. So I'm a pastor, and, and Kristen and I, we've been married for 26 years. And we always tell people that even though we're believers in Jesus and even though we lead here at our church. We have a real marriage. We don't have a magic marriage, you know, and we have our kids, we call them bucking Broncos and they're, they're real kids with real kid stuff going on all the time. Mm-hmm. And parenting isn't for wimps. I mean, if, if, if you're not careful, there are times from the time your kids are very small, if you don't have some level of toughness about you, you'll just go into the fetal position and cry. I mean, you've got to, you've got to toughen up and take on responsibility. But what we found is we've talked to literally thousands of parents uh, that we've been able to minister to and have conversations with. We found that what parents really need and what we need as a mom and a dad is we need good theology that can lead us to a good strategy to have good conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely find that. So I have, I don't think I told you this. I have a 14, almost 16 and almost 18 year old. Yeah, we're in it. It's fun. It is fun, but it's challenging because every time you have it, think you have it figured out, it changes. And then you're not always going to get the same response from each of the children, you know? And so it is not, there's no, you know, formula to do it. I couldn't even punish them the same. I couldn't reward them the same. And then, then they change their interests and then that didn't work anymore. And so it definitely is an ongoing process of learning and just having grit to stick in it and stay in it and do it well. For I mean, sure. For sure. And Kristen talks a lot about the, the, the kind of the seduction of formulaic thinking about parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Kimberly, you know, you're a mom, you want to be able to go back to algebra class with your parenting and think if I do a plus B, I'm always going to get C mm-hmm. and that would be so easy and so wonderful. And if that were the way that parenting is, but like you just said, they throw us curveballs regularly. Yeah. And so th- there are no formulas that actually work for every child. And so just this more approach of wisdom based parenting, when Jimmy mentioned having good theology, mm-hmm. leading a good strategy that, that gives us these good conversations. That's really what we mean when we're talking about wisdom based parenting, that it's not a script that we can follow as parents. 
but that we have this maybe conversational map in our minds because we understand God's word Mm -hmm. and what that says about his plans for our children Mm -hmm. and purposes for them. And so if we can understand those things at the forefront, then really no matter what our kids get involved in or get exposed to or, you know, get concerned about, we have this map that that we're working from that lets us be be solid in our parenting foundation so that we can tr- teach our kids God's mm-hmm. yeah and I think the wisdom idea is so important too because you know, the Bible talks about how important wisdom is and how how much we should place a high value on wisdom and wisdom is sometimes thought of as if it's some kind of uh, inaccessible mystery like only the the ancients would have the wisdom or only if you reach a certain level of parenting would you have the the wisdom, but actually uh, wisdom simply means a skill. Uh, and so we define wisdom as a skill at living life. And so that means that no matter what your background is, even if you don't feel like your background growing up was very solid, or even if you feel like you've made some mistakes, which all of us have, you can still gain in wisdom because wisdom means you're gaining in skill. So one of the examples that we use when our, when our oldest was in the first grade, he got in trouble at elementary school and the principal called us on the phone. And we had to go to the principal's office uh, to talk to the principal about our misbehaving uh, six-year-old or seven-year-old or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and we go down there, and honestly, we were nervous. I had never been to the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the principal's office plenty of times, but she had never been. So, I was scared to death. Yeah, so we go to the principal's, and we were nervous. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And we were fighting our emotions in this room between being mad at our son for getting in trouble and frankly, mad at the principal for getting him in trouble. I, I, it was the weirdest thing. Now, fortunately or unfortunately, over the years with eight children, we've gotten to speak to school officials plenty of times about our children. <laughs> we've gained skill at talking to the school mm-hmm. about our children. And so, you know, really don't get that nervous anymore. They call or we deal with it. And, and I don't want you to get the wrong impression. Our kids are not juvenile delinquents or anything, but we, we've had occasion to talk to authority figures. And so, I just think that idea that you can gain in skill, whether that's in listening, talking, disciplining, encouraging, mm-hmm. all of these things can be gained and anybody can do it from any background. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've often joked with my oldest. I'm like, I'm going to make all my mistakes with you. So don't be offended or upset. And I'm going to get it right with your brother. And she's like, gee, thanks, mom. And I'm like, hey, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> that's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, like you're my first for everything. Does your oldest ever coach you up on your parenting for your youngest? Oh, God, yeah. Well, (laughs) more so for, so I have a boy, a girl, and a girl. So she will do it more for the other girl than she will Uh, for the the boy. She'll be like, Mom. And I'm like, all right, I know. She's like, why are you such a wimp? I'm like, I'm not a wimp. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Ours do that too. Our oldest always give us great parenting advice for the younger ones. And so... Lots of times they're actually right. They say, hey, when, when we were that age, if we'd have done this, this would have happened. And I was like, yeah, because yeah. when we were that age, I was 27 and I had no idea what I was doing. And now I know what I'm doing. So I'm not doing that anymore. So wisdom really does matter. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, my oldest is pretty easygoing. So I think she's kind of okay with it. Like she's kind of, you know, the peacemaker, compliant, you know, she's like, I get it. I get it. I know. I know. And she kind of rolls her eyes, but she is helpful and she's able to see things and she's able to call me out on things. And one thing I love about 
being intentional in our parenting and creating the culture that we have is that we've created language around our culture. And so when they call us out on stuff, they're able to call us out on our values and what we want to create. And they're not necessarily like pointing their finger at us. They're saying, hey, I thought this was what we were known for. I thought this is what we were about. And you're like, mm, okay, like, yeah, you're-, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Language like that's powerful. Yeah. All right. So then you you say in your book that children are complex. So what do you mean by that? Can I answer that with a story? Yes, of course. We have two daughters and one of our daughters um, has had a missionary heart, honestly, since she was probably about five years old. She just, you, you know what I mean? Like there's some children that you have that just intuitively understand the Lord and his purpose is mm-hmm. really a soft heart towards that. And we are so proud of her. And uh, still now she's, she's in high school and still feels those things, but very tenderhearted, very kind, really cares about people. But we found ourselves when she hit middle school, we noticed something about her and it wasn't a good thing to have to notice, but she uh, would tell lies constantly. I mean, about things that didn't even matter. And it took us a while to figure it out because she's so sweet. You know, praise has been shown. And it got so bad one time that I had to meet another mom and her daughter in a parking lot because I had figured out that our daughter had been lying profusely about this girl. And so we had to meet and apologize. And Mm -hmm. so gracious, so gracious to my daughter, but that was a humbling moment as a mom. And so I I found myself questioning my parenting, but also thinking, is is this child a complete fake? All these prayers, all this missionary talk, she doesn't mean any of that. She's just a big fat liar. And I was so convicted in that moment. Thankfully, I didn't speak those words, but just my heart began to try to make answers of this. And I just realized that no, She's not fake. She does love Jesus. She does care about people. She does have a missionary heart. And she struggles with lying. And so that's what we mean about being complex. Sometimes for parents, we feel like when we find our kids in a situation where they they are struggling with a sin or, you know, things happen, we, we begin to, in our minds, mentally cancel out all of the things that we see in their lives that are good. That yeah, actually working in them and doing. And so we want to say either our kid is doing good or our kid is doing bad. And the, the, the thought of complexity is no, this is a child who is loved and made in the image of God and has his handprint all over their life. And yet there are sinners and mm-hmm. know that because their mom is the exact same way. And so this idea of complexity helps me as a mom wrestle with both things being true at the same time. And it's such a help when we can understand that. And then when Mm -hmm. we can pass that truth on to our kids, because it helps them not live in despair. And because now they know, okay, if they come to mom, she's not going to think I'm a horrible person. She's going to think I'm struggling because I'm complex. And so we begin to unpack that truth with this particular daughter. And so now it's so funny because if she's wronged at school or, you know, somebody does something or she, she'll go, it's okay, mom. I mean, people are just complex. (laughs) You're talking about family language. I, I want our kids to understand the truth of that. I think it helps us and them be better forgivers and be more truthful with themselves about where they are and what God wants from them. 
Oh, that's so good. I know, right? Because we tend to label people because we want to make sense of the world around us. But really, those labels don't do anybody justice. And I, and that's just eye-opening for me. Yeah, to understand that about my kids as well. I really love that. So your your book has crucial conversations to have with your children. So we can't unpack all of them today. But what are some of the topics that you want to share with us today that are crucial conversations that we should be having with our kids that maybe often we forget to have because we just think our kids will figure it out or they should know it. Well, I feel like there's a couple of different ways to approach that. So one of them is there are certain conversations that you know you need to have and, and continue to have. And so you make plans for those and maybe even read books about it to try to get ready for it. So like mm. if you talk to your kids about their sexuality, you should probably start talking to them about the time they can talk in an age appropriate way. So this mm-hmm. is an ongoing conversation. But this is a conversation everybody knows they've got to have, even the people who don't know what they're doing, at least know at some point you got to have some kind of birds and bees conversation. Mm-hmm. But the, the most crucial and difficult conversations are the ones that come flying in from out of nowhere. And you weren't expecting it. You weren't thinking about it. And all of a sudden you're in this conversation and you realize, wow, the stakes could be really high on this yeah. conversation. Not, not in this moment, but at some point we're going to have to continue to unpack this subject. So whether that's how you're going to manage technology when your eight-year-old wants a cell phone or your 12-year-old wants social media, whether that's it is talking about a child who's experiencing um, same-sex attraction or has some gender confusion or whether that's somebody who, who ends up with some kind of kids are exposed to something on the internet at a friend's house or, mm-hmm. you know, one, one of our stories, I don't know if I can, this doesn't work. I guess you can edit it out, but like, uh, <laughs> so we have all these boys, you know, so we had, I think this time our, our oldest kid was probably about 12. So they're like 12, 10 and on the way down. Mm-hmm. And I coach little league football. And one of my, one of the guys who coaches with me is not a believer in Jesus. He's a good friend, and I'm always trying to talk to him about our faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, he he calls me like on a Saturday on a Saturday morning. He goes, "Hey Jimmy, you've been on Facebook today?" And I said, "No, I haven't been on Facebook." He goes, "Well, somebody on your page just liked a page called Big Black Boobs. I just <laughs> hope it's yours." <laughs> I was like, "No, I I was not looking at." And I Kristen, and she's like. No. So obviously it's one of our, so we tracked it down. And so that gave us an opportunity to have a conversation with him that honestly, we weren't prepared to have at that level at that moment, but all of a sudden you're in it. Yeah. That's how parenting really works in the real world. Yeah. So whether it's technology, sexuality, um, whether it's uh, friendships and mean kids, because your kids are always going to end up with mean kids around somewhere. Mm -hmm. Even if they go to a Christian school, it doesn't matter. We got mean Christian kids. and I'm yeah. probably our kids sometimes are the mean kids. And so we got to manage that too. And all of those kinds of things. Uh, another big one is, is a bitterness and forgiveness because mm, yeah. little children can begin to develop a root of bitterness in their heart. And then as they get older, that takes more concrete forms and really begins to come out. And whether that's bitterness at a parent or somebody's ex or a step parent or a sister or a kid at school. And just helping kids think about bitterness in the right way so that they can mm-hmm. be free from that. These are all crucial conversations that we're trying to have all the time. Mm-hmm. But Kristen said having a conversational map is so important. And that's what we try to help parents consider in this book. Because when you have something come in from out of the blue, you generally don't have 
time to say, hey, let me Google that. Let me call all my friends and ask for advice and read a book about it. And I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Find out. And so you better have a conversational map that somehow sets you up for success in a conversation so, so that you're pre-prepared for that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You have to decide what you think about these topics so that when they do come up, you are prepared. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming. Yeah. You know, a mom of teenagers. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can think back over the one, there was one day when we were all at this little diner and I had all three kids at the table and the conversation went to sex and I had the opportunity to just put it all out there for all three at one time in a very normal <laughs> way. And I totally panicked. And I'm like, I literally found myself praying, okay, Lord, would you give me that chance again? Would you just make them all ask together? Like, I couldn't believe that I had had just panicked. But then by the time that my youngest son had asked me, I was ready. Like, I, I, I nice answers. I wasn't scared. Like, he probably knows more and has asked more. Again, going back to this whole, like, making the mistakes with the first one. Like, I was ready. Like he, he knows what to ask the questions. I know how to answer. I know how to be ready, you know, so gotta, <laughs> I get gotta, it. Gain some wisdom, don't we? Yeah. And yeah. I think too, you know, sometimes as parents, we think that these conversations about these important topics have to be all or nothing at one time. And while we often who have teenagers like you and me know that the, the time is fleeting with them. You still do have a lot of years and a lot of days and minutes and hours and car rides mm-hmm. and so forth. And so every conversation doesn't have to be unpacked in totality. Right. So we can start beginning to plant seeds about some things that we're wanting to, our children to know mm-hmm. little by little. And that's probably where the intentionality comes in of that, hey, I, I know I'm going to have this positive time. And that constantly I'm just reminding my kids that God loves them. And God has a plan for them and that when they sin or they stray away, that through the gospel, there's always a way forward. We, we like to tell our kids, God always stays in the game with his people. Mm. And I'm so grateful for that in my own life. And mm. I, I want my kids to understand the truth in that. And part of that is just having little snippets of conversations that remind them of that all day, every day even when there's not some tragic thing happening in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good for them to know. All right, so you're talking about these conversations, but how can we create an environment in our homes that allow our kids to be open to these conversations? What are the tips you have for us? Well, I mean, this isn't, as I like to say, rocket surgery, but (laughs) I think just working hard to create an environment of healthy and positive and loving relationships with your children. And it's not always easy to do because everybody doesn't have the ideal situation. Everybody's situation is different and blended families and single mm-hmm. parents and all kinds of stuff. But if you can, we, we call it building relational bridges because um, over time you're going to have to carry a lot of weight across that relational bridge that you have with mm-hmm. your children. And you've got to make sure that you're always building those bridges as strong as you can. So that when the day comes and you've got to bring some weight across that bridge, the bridge is already there and strong enough to sustain it. And that's where I just think time together, quality time, tender words, hugs and kisses, positive touch. I love you showing up at their stuff as Mm. much as you can. That's what communicates to kids that you're safe. And Christian, you do a great job of talking about 
how to help kids feel safe having these conversations. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think as a mom and a dad, we've got to keep reminding them. Jimmy has a phrase that he tells our kids almost every time he writes a note or anything. And he says that he's on their side no matter what. And I'm sure that's not unique to our family. I'm sure a lot of people say that to their kids, but that is, that is huge that they understand that Mm -hmm. and they begin to trust that that's true when he speaks it to them over and over and over, but also by the way he responds to them when they struggle. And so, you know, that we can't, you know, we have such a cancel culture right now. We've got to be careful that we don't create that in our home, that by the way that we treat our kids, that we don't make them feel canceled by God or by us. But, and then I have a little phrase that I just tell them that I'm cheering them on and that I, you know, I love them no matter what. But just those phrases, like you said, you have family language that you build this culture into your family. Mm-hmm. I want them to hear that so often. And then by the way I treat them and speak to them, that they begin to believe that it's actually true because it is true. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, as parents, we are trying to show them how God views them. And, and God is very clear about what he expects of his people And yet at the same time, he's very clear that he loves his people no matter what. And I want my kids to know that that's true of me and of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I love those little phrases. I was thinking as you were talking about some of the ones that we've used in the past and sometimes they change from season to season. And sometimes we've got those good ones that they've just stuck around. Yeah. All right. So what do you hope readers will do or take away after reading this book? Well, I think, I think one of the great things about being a Christian is we believe the gospel of Jesus. And that means that no matter what happens to us or what someone else does to us or what happens just because of the situation in the world or what happens as a result of our own choices, there's always a way forward and there's always a way to be restored and to, for things to be healed. And there's always a way. So we want people to know that, hey, God has a design for your parenting, for your marriage, if you're married, for your kids. That is a design for your sexuality, for how mm-hmm. you use technology, for all these things. But we do depart from God's design from time to time. We do it our own way. We go a different way. Or maybe we're deceived into it. And that's why we feel what we call brokenness. We feel uh, cheap or empty or used or ashamed or embarrassed or alone. And that's not God's design. And so the fact that Jesus is crucified and raised from the dead uh, and that Jesus invites everybody from whatever your situation is to come and be forgiven and to be restored and to be healed. We just want our kids to feel that so that there's mm-hmm. literally nothing that can happen to them and no choice that they can make. That's going to separate them from the love of their mom and dad. And it's going to separate them from the love of God. If they'll just return to the gospel in faith and repentance, anything can be restored and it may be different than it was before, but it can be restored because you know, the, the old nursery rhyme, you know, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horse and all the king's men couldn't put him back together again. But we believe that Jesus can. And so mm-hmm. it's falling apart, you know, the gospel gives us a path forward. And I want all of our readers and all of our listeners, just like you do, I know, to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This was a pleasure. 
Kimberly, great to be with you as well. Thanks so much for having us. You can find Jimmy and Kristen at fullcircleparentingbook.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook as Jimmy and Kristen Scroggins. You can also find them at gofamilychurch.org and at thefamilychurchnetwork.com. If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find me over on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong, too. You can find me at, at Kimberly Amici, and you can find the podcast at, at Build Your Best Family. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. <laughs>